Design Guy, Episode 10. Design Guy here. Welcome to the show. This is the program where we set aside our technical manuals for a while and focus on the timeless aspects of design. Software versions come and go and new forms of media emerge, but the principles behind design stay pretty much the same. So it's my hope that these discussions will be worth the time invested since we can commit these principles to long-term memory. And better yet, we can put them into practice, knowing that they're going to serve us throughout our careers. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, if you learn only methods, you'll be tied to your methods. But if you learn principles, you can devise your own methods. So prior to this detour that we just concluded about the attributes of the designer, we were discussing the earliest stages of the design process. And we said that the process begins with the work of information gathering. This is the first step in the sequence of all the practical things that we do as designers. By amassing a whole bunch of information, we prepare ourselves for the creative work to come. And in so doing, we're stocking our mental shells, we're fueling the the creative tank or fertilizing the ground, whatever analogy you want to use. The key thing is that we do this information gathering. Now, if you're kind of an impatient designer who wants to jump right into your favorite authoring environment and get going, you really need to resist that impulse early on. Newer designers may wonder if it's necessary to gather as much information as I was suggesting. But I would say that, as a rule, it it usually is. Now, sometimes we can pull off good results with some pretty scant data. But on the whole, and particularly if your project is extensive, The more we know about the things that are important to our client, the better off we'll be. And while we tend to gather more data than we'll eventually use, it's recommended that you capture an abundance of stuff. When you have more than you need, you can make better decisions. You can have choices. And believe me, it's a nice position to be in when you have choices. When you have more than you need, you can cull the best and leave the rest. We can liken this to the way that writers discard pages they've written or the way filmmakers leave scenes on the cutting room floor. But again, at this early stage, when you're just embarking on the creative journey of your project, you don't know for sure what you're going to keep or what will get tossed out. So just hang on to all of it. So we're sitting on this pile of information and we're feeling pretty knowledgeable and all. We're we're feeling pretty good about ourselves until we realize with a growing disquiet that we're facing this blank page, and it's not magically filling itself either. For creatives, this can be pretty daunting. It can be the most intimidating sight in the world. For some of us, it's kind of terrifying. And we realize at this point that it's one thing to have all this information. Now what do we do with it? As Marty Neumeyer said, design is easy. All you do is stare at the screen until drops of blood form on your forehead. He was kidding, of course, or at least he was just exaggerating. Sometimes, though, it seems effortless. Ideas come to us fully formed, like bulldogs barking at the garden gate. Other times, we can't come up with a thing. We can't produce one idea. At least we can't think of any good ones. And if we're not careful, we can psych ourselves out. We can get performance anxiety. We worry that we'll be exposed for the frauds that we are. 
that we've been playing at all this design stuff, and now everyone's going to know about us. In a word, we can panic. And if we panic, we can get into all sorts of trouble. So don't panic. If you're in this position today, even as we speak, don't worry. Help is on its way. What I'd like for us to do for a few episodes is talk about the creative process. I want to talk about where the ideas come from, about mythical creatures called muses, about the unconscious mind, and other things. This is territory that often seems shrouded in mystery, and in a certain sense it is. It's often hard to account for why and when a light bulb appears above our head, or why the solution to a design problem dawns on us at the most unlikely time. So it's a curious thing, this creative process. But on the other hand, there are things we can know about it that will reassure us. There are certain principles we can get a handle on so that we don't have to panic when solutions don't appear to be forthcoming. To a great extent, we can actively manage our creativity rather than feeling totally passive about it or out of control. But I'll conclude today's discussion by offering up the first rule of creativity, which is to relax. Don't panic, relax. It's when we tense up and try to produce in that state when we become counterproductive. To strain and to force matters just doesn't work out very well. It reminds me of those Chinese finger cuff toys. You may have had them as a kid. They're those little doodads made of woven straw that you would slip your friend's index fingers into. And when they would struggle to pull their fingers apart, they wound up pulling the weave tighter and their fingers really got stuck. It's only when they would relax and stop forcing matters that the cuff loosens up and they can remove their fingers. And that's how the creative mind is. We can gently coax ideas, but we can't really force them. But that's it for today. As always, show notes are available at my webpage, which is designguyshow.blogspot.com. Music is by kcentricity.com. I thank you again for listening, and I hope to have you back next time. 